You're listening to the Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit MarathonChurch.org. We hope that this encourages you and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. Good morning, everyone. This thing weighs over 100 pounds. Did you see how easily I just, like, took it out here and been working out? Been working a little bit, you know, getting the heart going and everything. We've been talking about the heart. Uh, so we're going to do a little open heart surgery today. Oh, this will all be fun. For me, more for me than you. Does that make sense? Because I've already went through this. So I had to do my little deal with it and figure it all out. But we're talking about looking in the heart, trying to figure out if we really know who we are and what's going on. And so we're just going to, like, take it out and look at it. You have permission to do so. And... Uh, so most of you are breathing and alive. It's very good to be here. So let's just talk about this just for a minute. I'm going to make a statement, all right? If you're watching online, just everybody kind of lean in a minute. I'm going to make a statement, and then I'm going to see if you can figure out what it is, what's happening. So if I said to you, I don't want you to be a Christian anymore. I want you to be a follower. Because I just want to, you know, I kind of get that out. I want you to stop being a Christian, and I want you to become a follower. Because we have a lot of Christians, but not a lot of followers, and it has to, it has to do with the heart. We have to figure out how we're do, what are we doing with this, and how is this working. So it might have your attention just a little bit. It's, it's really strange that Jesus actually used the people that were no good to do good. That's kind of how we think it is, right? That's kind of how it is. It seems like if they're in the Bible and they're oh good and he used them, we're okay with that. But if, but if we see somebody it's no good, whatever you think good or what is no good, uh, you know, I don't know if we think, do you know that'd be a really good candidate right there? God could use them to move the kingdom. Because I don't know if we think like that. Because Christians don't think like that. Because we get really, uh, we, we get back into our, our thoughts when it comes to Christian. We, we start out really well with this thing. When we accept Jesus Christ in our life, we do really well with that. And then we just kind of fall off with that. Then we become into our little own world. And then we, we see people who are not as good as we are. And we want to have this thought that I don't know if God can, you know, you know, God can use them as much as he can use me. And the truth is, if you were no good, uh, he's probably, you're probably a good candidate. <laughs> That's just what happened. So he used a bunch of losers in the Bible. That's what Craig says. Remember, I'm not taking any credit for any of this. So, you know, so he's using these people. Like last week, we talked about the woman at the well. And I just threw up her story, you know. I just threw up her story. And I basically said she had five husbands and living with a guy. And I don't know what you thought about that. I don't know what the Christians thought. Because it's really strange. We're not really, the Christian word, you know, out there, it's not really, it's not that good. It's like, we're very, what, judgmental, or we have our, I think you set yourself up to say that you're a Christian. I think you set yourself up. You say, well, I'm going to have a different standard now. I'm going to be good now, right? <laughs> We're going to be good. Or better, maybe better is the word. But the truth is that the Bible says that none of us are really good. Now, we're, we're supposed to do good, and I think we get confused a little bit. He says in Ephesians, he told us he's created these works for us in advance to do good. And so instead of going to people who were supposed to be good, 
he went to the no good and then they did the good. Is that kind of how it works? Because I think it was really strange that, that he didn't go to the religious crowd, uh, the Pharisees and the people who were supposedly, I mean, were good because they created their own rules. You got to be real careful because you can create your own rules to be good and you can do those and nobody else can. And then you can say, hey, I'm really good and you're not. So Jesus went to the no good. Thought it was interesting that we have to deal with this thing. So here's, here's kind of what happened. We tend to measure people by their mistakes rather than their heart. Uh, that's the complete opposite of how Jesus Christ operated. It's just really strange, isn't it? Because I don't think we can deal, you know, okay, five marriages, living with a guy, possible children by two different dads. I don't know if our kids are going to hang out with them. I, I just, I don't know. Because we don't think <laughs> like that. But the idea is that we move the, the kingdom, and I don't know if it's the good that's moving it or, or the bad that's moving it. It's really strange. God uses anybody who's willing to do it as long as you don't become too Christian. So I don't want you to do that. I know I'm messing you up. Let's go with this. You tend to measure yourself by your mistakes rather than your heart. Absolutely true. This is my number one thing I have to deal with with people who want, I'm trying to get people to God. The reason I want them to come to God is because their life is going to change completely and forever, and it, he changed my life, and that's why I wanted them to know. So here we are looking at these, and I'm talking to them, and they'll say, here's what happens, and you're watching maybe online, maybe, maybe, you don't know what I've done. You don't know how bad I am. It's like they, want, they tell me I got to clean myself up before I, I come to church. So how are you supposed to even do that? When the Bible says that none of us are good, but he used the no good to do the good and to move the good, which was crazy, but that's what happened, and that's amazing. I mean, are, you, are you picking up what I'm laying down right now, or are you all messed up right now? Because if you're a Christian, you've been there like, ah, it sounds really good, but what I want to ask is, it, is are you doing this? What, what, which part are you in what we're about to play? So he says, I'm going to give you a new heart and a new spirit in you. Because you kind of, you know, you're born with this heart of stone, and the heart of stone, I'll finish it in a minute, the heart of stone is that I care about me, I care about what I want, I don't care about others, everything's mine. And you have to be taught that, and you can get somewhere with it, but until this happens, you're really not going to become and get where you want to go. And you got to be careful with this new heart, you got to take care of it. So he says, I'll put a new spirit in you, I'll remove your heart of stone, and we'll give you a heart of flesh, one that feels basically a heart transplant, and you can have the heartbeat of God. You can love what he loves. You can do what he does. And then Jesus comes along and says, you're going to do greater things than I did. It's just amazing how this thing uh, works out, as long as we don't get too Christian about it, because that'll mess you up. Then we create these rules and these thoughts and then we have these lists. Here's what's going to happen to you if you accept Jesus Christ. And most, some of you, most of you have in here. Some are going to. We're going to you're going to have these lists of things that you're going to check off and God's happy with. And you're always trying to make God happy. And then you're going to mess up. And then you're going to mess up at work because you said, well, I'm a Christian now. And then you mess up at work. And then they say, I thought you was a Christian. Well, let me say this. No, no one is good. And so... I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm not that good, but I am a follower. And I get to do things 
and he does things with me. So we've got we to pay attention as we walk into this. So we had this guy, which I would have never said uh, to my, anybody, I want you to grow up and be like King David. I don't know if anybody here would have said, that's the best role model in the world, grow up and be like King David. And then God comes along before all, all the stuff that we know. He says, but now your kingdom must end. He's talking to Saul, the king. Uh, for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. Obviously, we are missing something. Because we have David as a murderer, adulterer, a liar. Uh, he's got blood on his hands. And then he says, well, he's the, he's the guy like me. I'm, I'm having an issue if I'm a Christian right now. I'm bowed up. Are you not bowed up right now? Like, this don't even make any sense. I know it, unless we're missing something. So God uses the no good to do the good, to move the good, and that makes no sense to Christians, does it? So how does that work? And so so if, you, if you're bad enough, you could have made the pages of the Bible. You really are. If you were, just a, if you were the worst loser in the world, you're going to get to write half the New Testament. It is an amazing thing how this God of ours, Jesus Christ, actually works with us and how he thinks. And I'm trying to get you to think like that. So now you have this new heart, let's say. You had a heart transplant, now you have the heartbeat of God. And what is the heartbeat of God? It has always been people. And that would be you. And the only thing I need to tell you, uh, give you a heads up on is that nothing happens on earth that is good unless somebody does it. Okay, so you need to get a heads up. Because we're the ones that make it happen. We're the ones that move people, and we're the ones that do the good. So if anything good happened to you this week, somebody caused it to happen. There's really no accidental good. There's always accidental bad. You know what I'm talking about? There's always like, oh, I just, you know, I had a really good wreck today. It was really good. You know, I, so I, I just, there's just always this accidental bad because that's where you live. But there's no accidental good. Somebody has to do it. So what you have to think about if you're a Christian or a follower, if you're a follower, you would have to ask the question, what, what good did I do? Was it all about me? Was it all about those things? You can be a really good Christian and never do anything for the kingdom. You can just keep this to yourself. You can just read your Bible and pray and say, I'm on my way to heaven and never do anything good. Although it's been set up for you. Some of you are good for nothing. I'm just telling you. So if you're going to be good, don't be good for nothing. Be good for something. And this is what the Bible has been telling us. This is where the heartbeat of God is. So I'm going to get you shifted from being a Christian to a follower. So he got, he's got David. He said, that's the guy like me. I'm like, really? So real quick, do an examination. This is, this is the heart of God. This is how he operates. This is the new thing that you've been, like, you have. So he operates out of belief, truth, relationships, and generosity. By the way, giving was from God first. It's not, you're not born with this at all. This is why you don't like it. I'm just telling you, this is a God thing. And loving people that are not like you, that's a God thing. Isn't that amazing? And using people that are the worst of the worst, that's a God thing. Are you picking up on what he's doing? So we have this truth and we have this belief, and your belief is going to decide what kind of actions because everything comes from and out of the hearts, what the Bible says. So what I believe so let me give you a truth. Let's see if you believe it, okay? Let me give you a truth. The Bible says that we're the salt and light of the earth. In other words, we're the ones that's carrying around the light. We're the one that seasons everything. We're the ones 
that make things happen, the good on earth, to move people to Jesus Christ. If that be a truth, then it will turn into a belief, and your actions will tell you that. Listen, every day is not just for you. Every time you go to the grocery store, it's just not for you. That's what a follower is thinking. Why? Because that's how God thinks. That's how, how it's working. He's trying to find people. And how does he get people to the cross? He uses people to do it. But some of you are going to be Christians and not followers. And there's more Christians than there are followers. And then you'll have, you have issues. Isn't it amazing how Christians have issues? They don't like something. That's amazing. You know, can you imagine the woman at the well having an issue after all the grace that she'd been given? No, I don't think so. So there's a thought here that we go through here. So we're going to do something. We'll get back to this. We're going to kind of revive the heart. And there's always this, um, I guess, the resetting the heart is not a one and done or set it and forget it. So let's, let's talk about that just for a minute. Let's do two things. Your heart, you have your flesh and your spirit. So those are the two things. Y'all follow me? So you have a flesh, a heart flesh, and then God gives one a spiritual heart and you put his heartbeat in. Now, if I told you to take care of your physical heart, you would say that would be diet and exercise, and so none of you are going to do that. Okay, that not, it's not going to last for long. And this is heart month, by the way. So take care of the heart. Do something. So if I told you this, this will be good. So if I told you this, I said, why don't you, the doctor told me to run one mile in my life, and that would do it. That would take care of my heart. If I just ran one mile in my entire life, then I wouldn't have to, I can set it and forget it. You know what I'm saying? That you know that in the way it works. We know, we're, listen, we eat everything that's bad for us. We drink everything that's bad for us. We smoke everything that's bad for us. Which is what we do. You know, that's what we do. You know that even Christians do all that? And they just won't tell you, though. But that's what happens. So I'm not trying to tell you, listen, I don't want you to be good. Oh, this is so good. I don't want you to be good. I want you to do good. You're not going to make it trying to be good. You're going to mess up. You're going to, you're going to shoot a bird somewhere. You're going to cut somebody out. And you're going to like, oh, my, I need to pray for him. It's too late. So I don't want you to be good. I'm going to do like exactly what Jesus asked. He didn't ask any of you to become a Christian. He asked you to follow. Okay, so you're not going to clean it up. You're not going to get better. Uh, you know, we're going to just do what he asked us to do. I'm, I, listen, I'm a pretty good follower, but I'm not a really good person. Does that mess you up a little bit? You think, do you believe I have bad thoughts about people? No. Can't believe somebody shook your head. I'm coming out there. I'm coming out. You know, you know who the hardest people I have to deal with? That I, have to, I better be careful. They'll send me an email. Um, you're supposed to love everybody, right? We tried this. It's in, the, it's in the relationship part. You're supposed to love people. I just have a really hard time with religious people. I just don't like them at all. I want to smack them, not love them. So I don't know who you have a hard time with, but it's not right. I'm, I'm just telling you, I shouldn't, be, I shouldn't act like that. I shouldn't, but I do that. So I'm working on that. It's sometimes, you know, some days I love them. Like today, I'd probably love them better because it's Sunday and we're talking about it. I probably love them a little better today. Not so much on Monday. But I'm just trying to get you to understand that 
we're not going to get good or get perfect, but we should be doing it because it is us who moves the kingdom. So we're going to do a reset. We have revivals, you know, happen everywhere. If you've never heard of a revival, I'll let everybody know. A revival is where a bunch of church people and religious people get together, and they have a, like a four-day or five-day meeting, and they, they, preach, they preach for four or five days, and they get revived. And they, like, get excited again about people and everything they should have been doing to begin with the same way with us. So you get all of it. You get happy, and then you get, yeah, it goes back. gets happy because you're not, you're not taking care of the heart. We're going to talk about that. So you have to think, I want to reset the heart. Isn't that the most cutest thing you've ever seen in your life? She looks like me, don't you? Let me tell you. I scared everybody. This is Bella. This is my little Yorkie. Uh, it's my dog now. Just letting Faith know that. My daughter said it was her dog, but you know how it works? Parents, children will lie to you. If y'all figure this out, I'm just letting you know. Let's be honest. Daddy, if you get me a dog, you ready? I'll take care of it. I'll feed it. I'll watch it. I'll take it out. When she disappears into the bed, we never know what happened. And that's my dog now, just letting you know. So we had a little, let me, had a little issue with little Bella here uh, two weeks ago. So I'll start, out, I get, I'll start out with a phone call at 9.15, screaming and yelling, okay? That's not really what you want to do. It's on a Saturday night, which is the worst time for a pastor. And you know it's going to happen on Saturday, all right? So all that was happening. So here's what happened to Bella. She goes down to Granny's. That's what we call it. You know, have the, you know, are dogs better than children? I mean, let's just be honest here. Some of you told me, I'd rather, I should have had dogs first and not kids. And I'm like, that's really so sad. But we love our dogs like our kids a little bit, okay? We don't love them more, though. Just say that. Get that out there. So Bella is down at Granny Pat's, lands down there. They go down there every night, and they give them a stick. A little chew stick. You know what I'm talking about? I tried it with my, my daughter, Faith, and she didn't go for that. So, chew stick. Dogs chewing the chew stick. Within five minutes, they can't find Bella. Lynn goes looking for Bella, and Bella's in the corner, flat on the ground. Listen to this. No heartbeat, not breathing. This is what's happening right there. So, Lynn picks her up. She saw this on YouTube, actually. So, that's a really good thing. She picks her up, and she said, treat the, treat the dog like a baby in CPR. So Lynn flipped the dog over and started doing compressions and realized that something was in her mouth. So this, this is, listen, this is the longest two or three minutes of anybody's life if you're, I mean, Lynn's bawling her eyes out, can't even speak. So she finally gets the stick out, and she starts doing the heartbeat. Then she does CPR. She grabs the dog's mouth puts her mouth over the snout, and begins to blow. They tell you on YouTube, never quit, never quit, never quit, because you never know what could happen. So finally, Bella woke up, moved her head a little bit. I get the phone call at 9.15. Uh, I hear crying, screaming, can't breathe, stick in mouth. I thought it was her mom. <laughs> I'm like, you know, it's, you get a certain age, you never know. <laughs> so... Uh, so that, forgive me for that, everybody. All right. But uh, so I, then we went to the hospital, checked her out. Everything's good. But if you hadn't got the heartbeat, <laughs> there's nothing working too well. And I think what we could probably do, we might should think about what do we need to do to kind of like, 
okay, let's do this, redo the heart thing for us. Let's do this. And so you have this guy named David, who, a man after God's own heart, you know, I just gonna have to process all that. It's really hard. He said this. He said, here's how, this, this is one of the reasons why he's like this and why God said you're after my own heart because this is why he, this is what he does. He says, I have inclined my heart to reform your statues forever to the very end. He said, I'm inclining. I love what you do. I love the things you do. So he said, I'm gonna lean in every day to you. This is, what, this is what I want you to get. I want you to, he said, I want you to lean in. He said, I'm going to lean in to what you're doing every day. What happens to a lot of us, we, we, we stop leaning in. We're not paying attention to what he's doing every day. If you knew your life mattered and you were going to bring hope and joy to somebody else's life, you would be paying attention to that. And this is what David was saying. He said, David didn't say, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not that good, but... Yeah, he, he wasn't good. There was no mystery. Read the Psalms. It's a bipolar man writing Psalms. He's up, he's down, he's sideways, he's running for his life, and he's like, but I got you, God, and I'm going to lean in. So one of the things that I wanted to tell you what has to happen is at some point, some point you lean into this. To incline my heart is to purposely move into an unnatural position away from normal. So that's what we're talking about. I got to get away from what's normal. You can't think normal, and listen to this, or normal Christian even. You have to realize what you're doing and why you're here. The only way the kingdom moves is you move it. And David says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure I'm moving into that. I do this on every, every morning. I usually, now it's not the most spiritual thing in the world, and sometimes I forget to do it. So I just need you to know that. But my heart is, I want what God wants. And I know that without me or you, nobody's going to find God. So at some point, we have to pay attention to that. So every morning I get up, and I call it, you can call it meditation. Some people call it quiet time. But sometimes I don't read the Bible. I pray. Sometimes I pray. Sometimes I just listen. Because I know he's, what, he, listen, he's always thinking about people. And you should be doing the same thing. And this is what David said. I'm going to lean into you because I, I love what you do. I know what you do. And I want to be a part of that. To recline my heart is to move to a natural, more default position. Everybody has a recliner. You know, they don't call them incliners because that's not natural. So they, they call these, you know, they call these things recliners. And everybody's got one. So you got to, this isn't natural. Most of you will recline when it comes to, when talking about God's heart and the things that he does. You're in charge of your heart. You decide how this is going to go. Even with the heart of God, you decide. Just like your physical heart, am I going to do the things that's necessary to do what I'm supposed to do and when, it become, when, I, when it comes to God? Do I want my life operating on all four cylinders? That's what you're asking. That's what you're asking. I'll give you something that's good for you. Operating on all four cylinders will change your world and everybody around you. But most of you are just Christians. So you've got into the default position, you've reclined on God, and you've got it, you know it, I read it, but you don't do it. That's the, that's the thought that's going on with him. This is why David was so important to him. He knew he was going to do it. And so this is what he's trying to do. He said, I'm setting my heart in the direction of heaven. Every morning, 
He's setting. I don't know when you do it, but I have to do morning. I have to get up thinking about these things. Some morning, like tomorrow morning, I probably won't think as much about them because I'll be tired. You know, that has a lot to do with it. But you have to think, I'm setting myself this way. I'm inclined not to recline. I really care about this. So I will lean into God and he will lean into me. That's what he says. He said, you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Or you can just be a Christian. You don't have to fool with anything I'm telling you. Do you understand? You can just be you and go through your life and you don't have to do any good at all. Although you're going to miss so much. And this is what the difference is between a Christian and a follower, understanding why we're here and what we're doing. So let's look at this real quick. I don't know what truth you know, but we are the light of the world. According to him, we carry the light. We're the salt, all these things. Uh, so I don't know what truth you live out. And here, here's, what, here's what a Christian thinks. I'm not going to lie. That's what you think truth is. I'm not asking you if you're lying or not. We know you do. Do we go to Facebook? You stay my everywhere. You know, everything is wonderful. My family is the greatest. No, they're not. They're not. We're just not telling the truth. So I don't know. This is not about telling the truth. This is about living the truth. Do you know who you are and why you're here? This is about living that out. And my belief will tell me if I'm going to do that. Do I believe in my heart that God wants to reach people? Do you believe that? Then what are you doing with that? See, that's the question. What are we doing with that? And then the relationship part, this is why God created us to begin with. He wants to be with us. I don't know if I, I I just can't hardly get to the part where I really like like everybody sometimes. You see, I threw the sometimes in there because I didn't want to feel bad as a Christian. But the truth is, God loves everybody. Everybody I don't like, he does. Everybody you think shouldn't get a chance, he's going to give them one. I watched a thing on Hitler, and I thought, this, this right here, listen, I watched something on Hitler the other day, and I thought, you know, he'd have given him a chance. Do you understand who we're dealing with? Well, aren't we glad we're not God? We'd blow up everything. And most of the people you know would be gone because you'd take them out. I'm just saying what are, what are we inclined to do here when it comes to people and generosity? Not even born with that. That's a whole new God thing, generosity. Most, most Christians don't even give anything to anything. Did you know that? It's much easier to just pray for. Well, I will pray for you. Well, that's good. I'm starving, but that's great. Can you pray for a Big Mac to fall out of heaven? Help me out here. What I'm saying to you is, is that you should not go through a day or a week without thinking about this because serving moves kingdom and generosity moves people. You have to realize that. So if you, did you do anything this week with your money besides use it on you? This is a thought. It is, I'm not even talking about here at the church. I'm talking anywhere. So I try to do my best every week, and that, this is not a spiritual thing. It's a truth thing. I do my best every week to buy something for somebody. Golf, food, you know. It's just because if you're leaning in, you'll pay attention. That's what we're talking about. Your heart will naturally turn to a default position. Except Jesus Christ in your life, he gives you a new heart. You don't do anything with it. You, become, you get back into the part where, okay, I'm just going to be a Christian, read my Bible and pray. Maybe I'm not going to serve. I'm not going to give. 
I'm not going to operate on all four chambers. It'll eventually go back. You have hardening of the arteries, and eventually you become religious, and you won't like anybody at all. And you won't like church. You'll keep popping around on another one. I'm sure we'll make you mad eventually. We always make religious people mad eventually. Something happens. But if you're leaning in, it's not about making you mad or making you good. It's about doing it. This is the heart of God. You will act and feel more like yourself rather than God when you get back to your default position. You'll get back to screaming and yelling and hating people. <laughs> if you don't stay near God, you're not going to love anybody, even your dog. Take that back. I love the dog. Uh, David says, I hate double-minded. Uh, this is really interesting. I hate double-minded, but I love your law. He, he was mad at himself because he kept going back and forth, back and forth. Does it not feel this way to you? Like, I feel better today spiritually than I did yesterday. God loves me more today. I love people more today. Does it not feel that way? That's how we do. But I'm telling you, if we don't do the good, no good will happen. Here we go. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Unstable. Do you know any unstable people? Are they living with you? Are you one of them? Because we can't make up our mind what we are going to do. I love God. You know what most people do? They find God, then they leave for a while. They find God, then they leave for a while. Something happens over here, it's a painful thing. They come back, I love God, I got to find a verse. You know, if you're living this whole life for you, this will never work. You will always be flipping and flopping. It will always be like this. When you discover for the first time in your life, this life isn't about you. It is for other people that you're still here. The reason God left you here is for you to move the kingdom. Can you imagine if everybody quit being a Christian and started being a follower? Wouldn't that be incredible? My best people, I say that, the people who grow the fastest spiritually are people who have never been in church. That's what we have discovered in 25 years. If you've never been in church, you know nothing about anything. When God, when God comes in and changes your world, you grow the fastest. You have no baggage to bring. Before This is amazing what happens with the, when it comes to the spiritual. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. If you're not taking care of your heart, you're going to go down. You know, some of you probably have heart disease, whatever heart, you know. Some of you got hardened of arteries right now, you know, and you're not going to eat right. We already got that. Isn't it amazing you find out something's wrong and all of a sudden you start exercising? <laughs> you know, you're 70 years old. Oh, I need to do something. You know, I need to do something. You know, I need to eat right. It's a little late. Just throw the burger down and forget about it. Go to heaven. Don't worry about it. You know, that's what my dad did. He, my dad, he went to heaven on, the, on January 7th. He said, they want me to eat right. I said, don't do it. He's 85 years old. He said, they want me to eat right. They want me to do it. I said, just don't. Just don't. He said, would you get me a milkshake? How many do you want? How many do you want? I mean, at some point, you just like quit trying. I mean, it's, it's a little late to be exercising now. But I'm just saying, if you don't pay attention to your heart and your spiritual heart, you, you'll become one of those hardened, you know, hardening of the arteries, and you will become more like a stone again. And you got to be careful. Everything happens of the heart, but it doesn't start in the heart. It starts with the habits around it. This is what you have to understand. Your habits create the condition of your heart. Read, pray, serve, give. Y'all say that with me. I got to hurry. Read, pray, serve, 
give. If you've been to Life Track, you'll know that is the big four. If you do those four things, repray, serve, and give, your whole world changes. You have no idea what kind of life you can live. You'll be doing the good instead of somebody doing the good to you. We're the ones that bring the good. We have to remember. Can your heart turn back to stone? Well, sure. I'm not talking about losing salvation. I'm talking about you have the heart of God, but you don't do anything with it, and it just comes back to you. And you got to be careful. Can you lose the function of the chamber? Well, which one are you operating on now? Think about this. Are you operating on all four? Let's think about it. Belief, tr- you know, truth, relationships, and giving. Which one are you not operating on? That's the heart of God. So if I'm going to have his heartbeat, i got to pay attention. It's amazing how we can do this. If you fail to lean in and incline yourself toward God's heart, you will lose the function of your heart and return to the default position. If you fail to lean in, you can go back to the way you were. But this time, you can be religious because you know something. And that ain't scary. Knowledge can be very scary if we don't use it. This is what you got to be careful of. And this is what I'm saying. I don't need more Christians. I need more followers. This is what Jesus kept telling us. He's a different world with him. So let's think, think about this. You, just gotta re, you have to reset every day. Look, won't you pick something easy to do? All right, I mean, I don't know if, it, let's say if we do read, pray, serve, and give. The easiest two things you can do is pray. Won't you try that? Or you can read God's word or, or scripture or pull it up on your phone. They'll send it to you. You don't even have to look it up. It's like, ding, ding, here it is. I'm just saying so I don't know, but I'll tell you the two things that'll change you is when is serving and giving. Those two things, because that moves the kingdom the most with the people. And you'll keep your heart moving. So I don't know what chamber you're operating out of. Y'all stand with me if you would. I don't know which one you're operating out of. Don't y'all, I don't want anybody to think I'm really like good at this. I do my best to uh, lean into God as much as possible because I really actually believe. My belief is that I want that everybody should know Jesus Christ even if I don't like them. Does that make sense? I'm not asking you to like them. I'm asking you to like Jesus. I'm asking you to love Jesus and find God. So I'm going to do what I can do. So I always do that. I'm not perfect every day with this stuff. I'm not. Some days I act like me. You know, I just feel like acting like me. Instead of acting like him. So I just think you need to know that. I just need to, I guess you need to figure out which chamber, what you need to work on, whatever it is. So what we're going to do, I'm going I'm to have a word of prayer for you. And then we're going to sing a song. I need you to kind of like, I guess this is the meditation part. Kind of have a thought and see what God's telling you. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we can check our heart and we can see what's happening. To give us the wisdom we need and check out the chambers. Thank you for what you're about to do in this place and online. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure to let us know by connecting with us online at marathonchurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at marathonchurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. 
Thanks for listening to the Marathon Church Podcast.